Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance, Living Your Authentic Life podcast. My name is Jerome Emhoff. I'm the host of the show, and it is my pleasure and honor, as always, to welcome you to this space and to this conversation today. Today, I'm joined by a guest, but before I introduce her, uh, just a couple of um, housekeeping notes. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I am recording from my home in Palm Springs, California. I am not in a studio or a sound booth, so you might from time to time hear background noise, uh, my dogs, the sounds of my neighborhood, etc. And I just ask that you forgive that and instead tune in for the good content and the good conversation. And now if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like to just take a moment to ground ourselves. So if you'd like to close your eyes, you can. And just pay attention to your breath. And we see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. We watch this light as it begins to grow larger and larger, until now it fills the entire inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this light a beautiful temple. We see a garden which surrounds the temple and a body of water which flows through the garden. We are aware that the inside of the temple is lit as well with the same beautiful golden light. And here we are. For we have been called together by the power and into the presence of our source, our creator, God, the universe, the creator of all that is. We devote this time spent together, our relationships to one another, all that we do, all that we are, and all that we have to God's Holy Spirit. And we pray that that same Holy Spirit would lift us above and beyond this world of illusion, this world of chaos, this world of turmoil and pain and grief to the grace, peace, and perfect love that lay beyond. And so it is. Together we all say, Amen. I'm excited to welcome a dear, dear friend, Pamela Vandermeulen, to the podcast. She is actually in Amsterdam. And I have known Pamela for uh, two decades, I think, at this point. Um, one of the friends that I inherited when I um, married my, my husband. And, um, and it's just lovely to have Pamela here. And uh, she recently completed the pilgrimage known as um, El Camino de Santiago. And um, I've, I've heard about the Camino. Uh, before, I know that Pamela did parts of it a, a few years ago and then went back uh, this past year to complete um, the pilgrimage. Uh, more, uh, close to 200,000 people walk this, this pilgrimage every year. Um, and it's been, it's been something that's been happening since the Middle Ages. And um, it's just fascinating and interesting. So welcome to the podcast, Pamela. How are you doing today? Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing very good. Yeah, it's evening for me. You're starting in the morning, but uh, I know. I, I, good. You're here from the future. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Yes. So, um, so just some backstory for pa- uh, on Pamela. Pamela uh, was a flight attendant purser for KLM for her entire professional career. So, you've lived the life of a traveler in some yes, you so can many say ways. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And um, so. <laughs> Excuse me. First of all, um, share a little bit about 
what uh, El Camino de Santiago is. Um, well, well, it's a, what we call it the Camino Francaise because I did the section uh, starting in near the pyramids in France all the way to Santiago. And actually, it's it's a pilgrimage. Some people do pilgrimages to Rome, and a lot of people do the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, which is in Galicia in the north uh, west part of Spain. And people start uh, at their from their front door or they start from Portugal or from the southern part of Spain and they do it in the north of Spain. And it, it all, all the roads eventually lead to Santiago. And then there's a big a cathedral there where they often go to mass and it's just very famous. And people do it for spiritual reasons, for religious reasons, uh, for physical reasons. They want the challenge of the, 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 the walk, because of course it's what well, we say kilometers it from France when you do it, it's uh, 790 kilometers walking. So that's uh, quite a distance. I, I think you have to calculate that into miles for me. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> we I have will. to get our apps out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's my understanding that it's... Um, yeah, so I'll do the math really, really quickly. It's probably 400 plus miles, I think. I, I read somewhere that was... 490 nearly 500 miles yeah. nearly 500 yeah. miles yeah and it's 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 um it's it's not really on very big roads it's mostly usually country lanes and uh they they've marked it all out that you have either a sign of a shell or a yellow arrow so everybody follows that and you kind of walk from hostel to hostel or alberg to alberg um, and some people walk a certain amount a day. Some people walk much more. People do it on a bicycle sometimes, and then they go much quicker. And it's you just kind of walk and contemplate and think about things. And it's a very, they say there are three Caminos. There's the physical Camino, which, of course, your body is saying, what are you doing to me? Blisters, sore muscles and whatnot. The mental Camino, so the, the you know, the not the fight against yourself, but the always thinking, oh, I've, I've got to do, oh, I've got to go this many miles today. I'm, how yeah. can I do it? Oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to. I'm sick of it. Oh, no, I don't, or whatever. Or, and then days that you are up on a high that you're just, it's so wonderful that you just keep going and going. And the a spiritual Camino, because very often, at least myself, I walk most of it alone. It's not that you're really alone, but you, you're, you don't really walk together with someone else. And then you have yeah, your thoughts and uh, what all goes through your mind. Yeah. So, yes. I just saw so last night I watched a documentary called um, Walking the Camino, Six Ways to Santiago. And it followed a, a group of six different people right. who were walking the Camino. And it was really interesting. Um, one of the women was very competitive and, yeah. and um, there was a priest who was talking about, and he said, if you're competitive, if you're doing it as competition, your body will um, at some point stop you and you will slow down. Yeah. Um, Cause he was talking about, it was the, the um, it's the internal Camino and internal Camino, a process toward the heart, toward what's inside and you discover the expanded universe that unites us all. And, uh, and these people were having these beautiful experiences of meeting people that they, you know, and engaging uh, with people and communal dinners 
and prayer services. Um, and uh, so why did you decide to, to walk the Camino, Pamela? What was, what was it for you? What was the calling for you? Um, well, I've always liked to walk. I, I'm not really a, a runner as far as sports are concerned. And uh, I, I really like hiking and walking and usually not as strenuous as what this turned out to be. But And I had heard of a friend who was talking about having done this and I had never heard about it before. But then I was thinking, wait a minute, I think my cousins did some of this. My cousins from Canada who had been over to, to Europe and they had also done bits of it, sections of it. And I started reading about it and it sounded really interesting. So in 2018, after I retired, I decided, okay, I'm going to try. And I, I thought being from the Netherlands, which is flat, 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 I'll never be able to make it over the pyramids. So I'm going to start in Pamplona, which is, I think it's about six days after um, after uh, Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, where I, where I started the last time. And I thought I'd decide I'd go there. And uh, I had my knapsack, uh, my backpack with, the, you know, they told me not so much stuff and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I thought I'd start there. And I, I kind of, in hindsight, I think I underestimated how difficult it would be. And it was very wet. And for myself, the reason I started, I wanted the physical challenge and I had had uh, suffered quite a bit of loss in the family the year before. And I just kind of wanted to clear my head and figure out what I was going to do with my life now that I was retired. And that's the reason I started. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your knapsack and what you carry. And it was interesting to me um, seeing people who were along the journey, sending things home because they realized they didn't need them. Yep. And it was such a beautiful, to me, even symbol of the things we carry that we don't need. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mentally and, and physically. Exactly. And they were, yeah. And they were, yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about um, the high point. So there's a place... I wrote it down, La Cruz de, uh, de Ferro, de Ferro. The, high, the highest point, where you leave something behind. Yes. Did, you, did you indeed yes. leave something? I, I, it's funny because everybody, it's the Cruz de Ferro, which translated means the Iron Cross. Iron Cross, yes. So you're thinking you're going to come up this, the, the walk there, because I did that the second time I went, because I went in 2018 had to go home because of an injury. And then 2019, I did quite a bit. I did nearly 400 kilometers. And the second to last day, I actually passed the Cruz de Ferro. And it was a beautiful day. And the way up there was absolutely fabulous. The most beautiful views and everything. And then you get to that point and the Cruz de Ferro itself is maybe a foot high but it's on top of this huge, like it looks like an electricity pole or a telephone pole. So the, the cross itself is very little. But nowadays, because everybody has put so much stones there, everybody leaves a rock behind or a, a something, a, something symbolic. It's completely built up. I think maybe two yards high is a pile, like a, like a mountain wow. underneath the cross because everybody put something down and I had a, a stone that I had taken from my friend's house in Portugal and I uh, I left that behind and then I took a stone from there and took that with me on all my journeys which I just two days before Santiago I put that down as well oh, so beautiful. a lot of people leave things behind along the way wow wow 
That's beautiful. Um, I, I'm assuming that as you're walking this, you have a sense of the history of the Camino too. The, I mean, pilgrims have been walking this since the Middle Ages. Yes. Um, it, there was, I can't remember the Pope, but uh, one of the Popes said it was one of three pilgrimages that all of Christendom should do. A pilgrimage yeah. to Rome, one to Jerusalem, and and the Santiago. Yeah. Um, so, what was that like? What was it like to to know you were taking, you know, being a part of this tradition? Um, well, it's it's when you're walking. If you if you think, I mean, now in this day and age, with our everybody, of course, has their mobile phone, and you were booking your little hostel in advance. And you were looking at what the distance is. And sometimes when we would be walking, I would be thinking, I wonder what it was like 200 years ago. I have these fantastic leather shoes that have support on all sides. Um, I have a raincoat to keep me dry from the rain. I, every other, every five kilometers or so, there's a place I can stop to have a bite to eat or something to drink. And I'm wondering how these people did that in those ages, either they were walking and then whether they have a little leather shoe with, with a little tie on it and just a cloak and, and maybe a staff to, to steady themselves. And we have roads and paths and everything's marked out for us. I, I was wondering how did they find their way? Yeah. How could they see where they were going? And so you, I thought about that quite a lot along the way, yeah. just especially the physical and the mental struggle they were going through and how they did it in those days. Right, right. And I was surprised, you know, watching the video, uh, this this documentary, at just how strenuous some of it, some of it looks. And as you mentioned, you know, um, there were walks through villages where there's where people are are moving cows through the streets. You know, like places that time seems to have forgotten yeah. that are still very much as they were in the middle ages. And um, yeah, yeah. so a little backstory um, for listeners who may not know. So um, the church, um, the the cathedral where this um, pilgrimage um, commences or ends. Ends. Ends, not commences, ends, yes. Um, Is um, the the site of... uh, the tomb of St. James the Great, who was the son of Zebedee, one of the 12 apostles. And there were some beautiful um, uh, um, legends of how this particular plot of land was discovered. I guess there were stars, like a field of stars there. And and the the connection of the, the Camino with the Milky Way um, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I I read that last night, and it's um, uh, it actually um, I think in Spanish the name for Milky Way is the same as the name for for um the Milky Way. It's, it, they in the Spanish believe that the Milky Way, the galaxy, was formed from the dust raised by the traveling pilgrims. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yes, the uh, the field of stars is where they found this tomb, and okay. uh, actually, that in Spanish is Compostela, which corrupted to Compostela. The, okay. The, yeah. So, um, 
so I just, I, I love that there's legend associated in this history and, um, and just the contemplative nature. One of the people on the, on uh, this documentary talked about the rhythm. Uh, there was a spiritual rhythm. There's a musical rhythm and you can hear the people behind you with their, their walking sticks and there's that rhythm and you sort of get into this, yeah. uh, this flow of life. And, and they said, this Camino is an intermission in the great Camino, which is the journey of our lives. And how beautiful it was for people to step outside of themselves to take this journey. Um, and did you, so you walked nearly 500 miles. Yes. How many and, days and, did it take you? Um, well, I, I did it in, I did it the whole, the troll trip I did in two two um, stages kind of, because the first time I was only gone for a week and due to injury, I had to, you know, admit defeat and turn around and come back the next year. And then the next year I, I did maybe 300 uh, miles in the center portion. And then because of COVID, of course, I, I couldn't do it in 20 or 21. And then I came back and I decided to start at the beginning point. And in hindsight, that was a really, really special way to start because the first two hostels that we were in, it was all communal dinners and the person running the hostel kind of did the first one did kind of a game to introduce each other to and why we were there and our, you know, a little bit of history. And the second night that was also still in France. They also asked at the end of the dinner, would you stand up and say your name and where you're going? Cause some people even go further and why you're doing this. And it really, gave a sense of community that, you know, you're all doing this together. So that was also really nice. And, and that, that this, this year I also did about three. So some bits I've done twice and all in all, I've done more than the whole Camino, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it was very special this time to have started at the beginning point of the Frances because of the sense of community and family that you, that was created by the, the hostel, uh, the innkeeper, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And so you said people go beyond. So I read online that after people get to um, Santiago, Santiago, then they go another 80 kilometers. Yeah. To Finisterre, to, which they believe was the edge of the earth. Right. It, it, yeah. The end of the world. Actually. The end of the and world. Yes. Yeah. That's also where the shells come from that are, are have become the symbol. They, they found those there. They're, they look like they're called conchas. So they're yeah. a big shell. Yeah like the shell from the, the gas station, station company, those kind of shells. And right. everybody has those hanging on their backpacks. So you know that they're pilgrims. Got it. And I read yeah. that there's two legends about that, um, of uh, people being saved from the sea okay. and being covered with these these mollusks. And so okay. that's how the shell became... Um, the symbol, yeah. The symbol, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so that that was really kind of um, kind of cool. Um, so you've walked walked it three times, essentially. Well, I've walked little portions. Parts of it. of it, yeah. I think I would say I watched walked it twice. Okay. Because the first time, because it was, I, I I maybe I went forty miles the first time, and due to the injury, right. I uh, and I really didn't know what I was to kind of how to prepare myself physically. Right. For what I what I was getting into, yeah. I can't imagine that you're the same person doing it 
the second time or no. So how did it, how did this experience change you? All together or the, like the second All time? All of it together or the second time or like, what was the experience of sort of the, the inner, the inner journey? Yeah, I, I think it was, um, the appreciation of what we have around us, our, our earth, because I really enjoyed the nature part of it. I, I very often, yes, I very often got up very early, uh, as, as early as possible, because I didn't have a light to, to walk with, because of course it's dark. And so when, it was, when the sun came up and I would go, and then you were talking about the poles, the walking poles, and you know, you'd be walking and you'd kind of have a rhythm, a musical rhythm of your own poles, tick, 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 and you got into kind of a cadence, a kind of a trance, uh, trance sense of, of, of walking. And I think that was, you know, I, I, what I really learned is how you're, it's mind over matter very often in life. You know, if you really set yourself to doing things that you can, you can do them and you can, you know, just go further and, and yeah, more, I don't know. That's hard to explain in English. <laughs> Sometimes, did yeah. you, your your listeners know that I'm a, a Dutch speaker as well? <laughs> right. We're in Amsterdam, so yeah, yeah, I'm in Amsterdam, but I, I speak Dutch a lot too. Yeah. So, um, and and there I spoke a, a Spanish as well. But it's just that you, you 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 get surprised at yourself how much more you can do that you really think at the beginning, and how much more you're capable of of enduring and uh, experiencing. And, and I think it really opened me up quite a bit, even more so than before that uh, to, to what's happening around me and to, to seeing people and understanding people and you know, taking the time and being more patient with a lot of things. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Yeah. I, um, which just really, I think it's extremely beautiful because I think in our spiritual journey, I think the heart of a spiritual journey is other people is understanding how connected we are to other people. And um, there was a story on the, um, the, the, the documentary that I watched and it was a woman who got to her hostel and she was, they had one bed left. And so she, um, she goes to, you know, she gets there late. So she gets to the bed and her bed is pushed up next to like up against another bed. And so she's going to be sleeping essentially with this next person. And she's like, Oh, I hope it's a, a woman and not a man. Of course it was a man. probably. And it was a man. It was a German man. And he was kind of um, unsavory to her in some ways <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. And Along the um, Camino, then she, he met up with her and she was having, she was struggling and he carried her backpack the rest of the way. And when she got to the last stop, she was just weeping and she said, I don't think I've ever been that kind no. to another human being. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful expression of how we can be judgmental of people and we don't know their story. No, we don't no. know their story, but when you're doing something like this pilgrimage, you're all doing it for different reasons. Yeah. Some for physical reasons, um, some for, uh, you know, 
because they're Roman Catholic and it's part of the pilgrimage and others are other faiths, whatever. Um, and they're doing it as contemplation and meditation and some spiritual reason. Um, but you mentioned these communal dinners and I saw in the video the beautiful scene where the um, people who ran the hostel were washing the feet of the people who were staying Oh, wow. There. And um, it was beautiful. And, um, and then prayer services and things. And, and what you understand is it's the great, like the great equalizer. Yeah. When we do these things, you know, um, and and probably in a lot of ways more meaningful after COVID. Um, Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 it's funny when you're on the Camino, you were talking about the lady who, who ends up getting a bed next to somebody who turns out to be extremely helpful to her. There's kind of like an expression on the way that whatever happens, the Camino provides. It's it's like, you know, if you're, if, if you're, you're losing your way, then someone's going to, you're going to run into somebody and they're going to send you in the right direction. Or if you take a wrong turn, the people in the villages will send, oh no, you're going the wrong way. You have to go that way. And everybody uh, greets each other and they wish you a buen camino. That's mm-hmm. like a standard greeting that everybody greets each other. Or sometimes someone might not have anything to eat and you know, you're sitting all along the road and no, oh, you want to join me and you've got some more here. We have some of, of what I have or have some water and everybody shares. And it's just, because you really have the sense of, of community, of family, that you're all in this right. together, regardless of why you're doing it and how long and how far you've gone. Yeah. That's why everybody talks to each other also. Yeah. And it was interesting also because um, some of the people who um, work in the hostels or who um, uh, provide along the way. <clears throat> yeah. They, they said. Oh, Often volunteers. Will, yeah. People. Yeah. They were talking about people start out and they're doing it for the physical aspects for the exercise, but it always ends up having some sort of spiritual meaning. Because you 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 encounter you yourself. can't you 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 have to you listening to your body, but while you're listening to your body, you're also listening to everything that's happening around you. There's no way that you could only think about your body because your your head has to do something, go somewhere, or hear something right. or whatever. So right. you, right. you always. Uh, you always get to your spirit somehow or another. It, yeah. it was funny because I walked with the Dutch lady and, uh, you know, she was, um, she was a scientist and she was talking about that she had a problem with her sister because her sister was into stone uh, or those uh, little pendulums and whatnot. And she, being a sci- scientist, had to explain everything for herself and her, her sister was totally different. I says, well, why are you here? I, you know, is it only the physical thing? And she, she seemed to think that she was, there was, she had, she didn't believe in spirituality. She didn't believe in anything other than that, just the scientific, because you had to be able to explain everything. And, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't judge, but I, I tried to explain my spirituality to her that, well, that there is more that there, it can't be in my mind. It can't be that we're just here only by scientific reasons. It, there has to be more. And right. whatever it is, however you want to call it, fine, but there is more. I know oh, there is more. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, and I've grown in my spirituality to the fact of like, it doesn't matter what you call it. It, it doesn't matter. It's no. love. It is love. It's God yeah. is love. I, I, I grew up Roman Catholic. I still use the language of God and, and um, 
have developed over the course of the years a sort of newfound appreciation for who Jesus was, not in a Christian sense at all anymore, but as an elder brother, as someone who could walk the earth and think only the thoughts of heaven and um, yeah. and it's all it's all very beautiful and it's all inclusive that's the other thing i realized yeah. is like you know the more i read spiritual texts the more i realize they're all saying the same thing yeah. they're all saying the same thing um it would be interesting to meet up with that woman again did you ever encounter her a second time no well i i uh we we walked together for about three days and it was just before we got into santiago and I sense at a certain point um, we were we were supposed to hang out again the next day, and she she had something else. She says, "Oh, I have some things to do. I'll meet you up later." I thought, "Oh, I think she's getting close to Santiago. She she started it alone, and she wants to finish it alone." But I think she found it difficult to say that to me. Maybe she thought that I couldn't take it. I and okay. I I sensed. I says, "Oh, she wants to walk alone again." I, so I said, "You know, if you want to walk alone, no hard feelings. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. does it their own way." Yeah, right. It's funny you were saying about uh, God and about love and everything. You would have truly enjoyed this the service I went to. They have very often they have a very short mass and they call it the Pilgrims Mass. Right. And this was in a, a very small village, and it was after extremely strenuous day. And the lady that at the, um, the bed and breakfast I was staying in said, "You really should go because it's really a very interesting mass, and it's especially for the pilgrims." And uh, he was a, a young priest. I think he was in his 30s or so. And um, he, he used his smartphone to to start the music during the service. And he had all kinds of modern songs. And he also asked uh, various people in the in the uh, in the pews to what well, languages. And there was one who spoke English, one who spoke uh, Spanish, one who spoke French, and one who spoke. Portuguese, and they all read a text during the service about God is love. And that uh, was like really the center of his sermon that day. And at the end, he, everybody left the church and he asked all the people that were pilgrims to stay. So uh, we stayed and we made, he had a circle and then he used also the God is love and also the direction that we were going. We were all going towards Santiago and he, he, used the arrow. And then we all got a little stone. We were allowed to take a stone out of a bull he had, and everybody got a stone with a yellow arrow on it. And it was talking about the direction that you were going and also about the direction you were going in, in life. And that the message was love in the, in, in when it came down to it. So. Yeah. Well, that and that's, cool. yeah, and that's absolutely what I, it's, we make things too complicated. Oh, I think we make things way too complicated. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's the other thing too, as I'm watching, watching this documentary, I was thinking there's such simplicity in, in walking in. And um, someone said, my goal is to walk this, this day the best I yeah. can. Yeah. And how beautiful just to sort of live your life in that way of like, yeah. okay, my, my job today is to just walk this this day the best I can yeah. and to remember beyond the Camino <laughs> beyond the Camino that um, uh, that we walk the day the best we can and yeah. we love the people who are put in our path 
you know, so I think when true. you're when you're doing this thing together, it's you have that mindset. But to carry, I was thinking to carry that mindset beyond to say, okay, the person who's ringing my groceries in the in yeah. the store, you know, how can and people who are um, maybe unhappy or unpleasant around us, we don't know their story. We don't no. know the day they're walking. No, because I saw lots of people struggling with blisters. And when when man didn't know if he was going to be able to complete it because he was having issues with his ankle. And ultimately, yeah. they sort of went away. I mean, he, he, uh, another beautiful thing that happened was he met somebody in a village who had better shoes than he did. And they traded shoes. Yeah. And the man said, just mail them back to me. And this guy was just floored that that would happen, that. You know, someone would give me their shoes. Advice about how to hold your poles. Advice about, I, I, gentlemen, I didn't know that. I've only found that on my third time. When you go downhill, you extend the walking poles because then if you put your walking poles in front of you, they absorb the pressure on your knees because people think climbing uphill is difficult. But for us old folks, it's going downhill and the pressure on your knees. But so... Oh, that's a new trick. I And everybody helps each other with, with little tips and tricks. So this person always puts Vaseline on their feet. That person always has wool socks. That person always, a, a lot of people from the United States, it was funny, they had toe socks. So that socks that have little, little compartments for each of your toes, and then they don't rub against each other. Hence, no blisters. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, you know, but, and everybody helps each other. It's so, it's so wonderful. Yeah. 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 Um, so how was it when you arrived in Santiago? What was that feeling like? Um, well, when I first came into the, the city, because of it, it, now the, you have the old town where, which was, is the actually Santiago de Compostela. But of course it's all built up all around it. So I came into town, into the modern part of town, and I came across a sign, one of those big red signs that people usually take their pictures in front of, and that's where the first tears hit. So the worst, the worst burst of emotion was already gone, and it was raining, so that was <laughs> a little bit of a bummer. And then walking into town and trying to find the way, because at the last part of town, there were hardly any directions. So I had to get my map out and try to find how do I get to the big square where everybody ends up. And so when I finally got there, I was alone also, and there was nobody to, to greet me, but it was a sense of, of extreme elation that you've got it, you know, tears of joy, but also a sense of loss. Oh, it's over. You know, it's done now. You know, what, what's next? So that, that was, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of an imbalance as, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> And and people on the on this in this documentary were were describing that exact feeling of like, yeah. and as they as it was coming closer, like oh, I only have two days left. Yeah, like the sense of like oh, I'm I've almost accomplished it, but oh, yeah, I'm leaving this behind. Yeah. This journey yeah. that I prepared for. Yeah. Um, so I just have to say, I'm really um, intrigued, and I'm thinking this is on my bucket list. You know, I I think it would be. Um, I just think it'd be a really amazing experience. Um, and, uh, and I loved, um, reading your, your recaps 
thank you your photos that was beautiful i mean what a yeah. what a great thing to do because then you'll have this record of of your your journey and um I still have to figure out how to export the chat, but I'm, I'm sure I don't get to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Copy paste, maybe. Copy paste, uh, right. Yeah. That's what I did. That's what I did to, I, I would write a blog every night and then I would, my, I'm, I'm very lucky. My parents are both still alive, so they don't have a, they don't have a, a cell phone or a smartphone. So I would copy the text and then I would send it to them in an email and I would get so it. Then you have it all in emails and you can just print out the emails. Well, yeah, but I've got it from years before as well. Oh, so I've got okay. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I actually got rid of those emails, but yeah, but I have it all on, on my WhatsApp so I can, I can just copy that. And I, I plan to do a book with all the photos I did do yeah. a, a book with that as well. You know, nowadays, of course, you can do the modern books and then they yeah. print it out for you. And I, I know I'll have two or three pages just with the arrows or two or three pages just with all the signs because it, that was also half of the fun is looking for the signs. Oh, which way do I have to go? So you don't have to constantly look in the, your telephone or on a map because yeah. everybody's always following the signs. It's, you become very, you know, kind of zoned in to where they're coming. Oh, yeah, I, I'll probably get a sign in a minute which way I'm going. Yeah. Wow. And getting your stamps because you yeah, have a So booklet. you have the credential. Yeah. I have the credential. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yep. And, and, that, and that gives you entry then into the hostels, correct? Or to yes, the you, you get it. Okay. You get it like it's called a credential or a passport. And well, you can get into the hostels. Why well, maybe? Yeah, some of them, but you you don't get the cheap price if you don't have the credential because then okay. you know you'll you pay double. And I mean, it's anywhere from five dollars to twenty dollars. And then if you get a private uh, hostel, it can be up to a little bit more. So depending on how much privacy or whatever you want that day. So and there's there are people who think you have to wear a backpack, and otherwise you're not. It's not real. And there's people who say, listen, you know, like myself. I, Physically, it was just impossible half the time to wear, to wear the backpack, especially if I knew I was going down a ways. And they have all kind of companies that uh, send your backpack forward to enlighten yourself a little bit. And then you just carry Beautiful. a day back. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it facilitates everybody. Well, and like you said, everyone does their Camino the way they do their Camino. Exactly. And exactly. I think, yeah. And I, one of the um, women, when she got to um, the, uh, the high point i can't remember what it's called yeah crucifero yeah the cruci- uh, cross of iron right the iron cross right she iron cross. put her rock down and she said i'm i'm leaving behind my um competition and my need to compare myself to other people yeah and it was really beautiful because she was really beating herself up because it was taking her longer than some people and she'd had injuries and she wasn't sure she was going to be able to come you know to continue so she had to rest yeah. for three days and she thought oh i i can't stop walking um but she uh and she ended up completing it which yeah. was it was just um just beautiful i mean yeah um so what advice would you give to people who are considering um doing something like this a pilgrimage what what did you um, get out of it what was it um, how yeah um I, what, what, as, as far as just of course you've got all kinds of tips uh, say if you're doing the Camino for less is more you know just do it day by day and don't take so much stuff along because we don't need it you know it's just just simple soap and uh, you know not all kinds of products I, I didn't wear one 
day of lipstick to leave all that behind or whatever. Or So just, just your basic products. And you don't need very much because you just do a little wash when you get there. And uh, I think a little bit of physical preparation. The Camino is possible even if you're not a big walker, but then you will encounter more problems. But right. I, I, did, I could recommend it to everybody. It's just a very eye-opening experience and you learn a lot about yourself yeah and that yeah. you can do more than you think you can uh, so speaking of the not the no product there was another woman in this documentary who talked about um she'd come through some stuff and she sort of changed her appearance got rid of her hair changed her hair color and all the stuff kind of beforehand and as she's walking she said i haven't eat, i haven't worn any makeup i haven't washed my hair for days and she says I feel beautiful on the inside yeah. and I'm more beautiful on the outside. Yeah. It is. It's, because, it's about being comfortable and yeah. yeah. I mean, just as well, you, you're able to take it. Usually I would take a shower in the afternoon when I got somewhere and then get up in the morning, have a banana and just start walking off you go. Off you go. Yeah. It's, and so oh, how long did it take? Like, this last time you did it how many days i, I was i was gone from home for five weeks for five so weeks. i uh, i started walking on the 21st of uh, april and i was there on the 16th of may so that i i think maybe about four and a half weeks and i was gone total of five weeks yeah and and i i did i i did um maybe three days in that whole time of uh, traveling like with the bus or with the train right three different days and uh, the rest I all every day I walked and some days I would only walk maybe eight miles and the most I did well it, I know kilometers I, the most I walked was 25 so that was maybe about 15 miles that day yeah wow. so it's you know just to, depending on how it went yeah and what a luxury too I, I think sometimes we think in the busyness of our lives that we have to stay busy and that we don't have the luxury of taking five weeks no. but but I know for myself, you know, I have my own business and there are days when my technology doesn't work. Right. And I'm forced to not be busy. Yeah. And life goes on without us. Everything kind of continues. And I think, you know, what a luxury to, a a beautiful thing to just kind of pause and and, um, think about things and, and, uh, yeah. So thank you very much okay. for sharing for You're sharing welcome. this experience with us um yeah uh sounds like it was amazing congratulations yes. thank on, you very much i was proud it. of and myself too i know <laughs> and i can tell just as you're talking about it yeah you're getting a little weepy and and remember <laughs> i can tell yeah. that it was like a really profound it was a great experience, experience. a profound yeah. experience and something that you can't probably even put into words no um, you know it's uh, just a feeling but yeah yeah it, it was funny because uh i've been home for a week and the lady i i always call her my camino advisor she's the one i i heard about the camino for the first time and i i got a lot of tips from her she actually worked in a hostel a couple of years back uh volunteer work for like three months and uh i went and talked to her and i i had that one little pin with a little shell on it i gave to her and she just sent me a picture of her backpack and the pin is on the backpack but just talking to her, she's done it more than once. 
And of course, I've been there now three times. And it's just you understand everything from each other. You don't have to, the, the feeling and the things you experience and everything. And it's just, she's also someone who speaks more than one language and just the fun of, you know, being able to talk to all the different kinds of people. So she, yeah, she, she just understood without mm-hmm. having to say extra words. And that's, that, that you that's know. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because um, in the, I jotted down a lot of things that they said in the documentary because it was very, profound and one of them someone said on this route there is an atmosphere yeah like there's a feeling and then they said you begin as a tourist but you end as a pilgrim very true yeah very yeah. true yeah and as you mentioned you know um there's something else out there there's more than this world yeah and we are indeed all pilgrims because yeah. we're, we're not- on our camino on our journey on our way yeah. yeah, and we don't belong to this world. We're here no. temporarily. It's a blip in the in, yeah. in time. And and the more you love people who've made their transition to the non-physical, the more you realize that, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure you mentioned that you've lost some people, and I, I know how that is. And I'm sure yeah. that along the Camino, you felt them. Yes, definitely. And, and you communed with them, and you... Yeah. Yeah. And those things that we don't do because we're so busy, you know, just to kind of be in that place. So um, are you going to do it again? Uh, When I, (laughs) the two two days afterwards, I said never again. And then, you know, you go for that. And then I think not, maybe not this one, but I'm thinking maybe next year I'll do the one from Portugal, which is a shorter amount of time, but apparently is very beautiful also. So that's, that's a possibility. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, it's funny because when I've done these kinds, I used to do retreats a lot, you know, and uh, three day retreats. And one of the things is you have that first experience and it's such a high and you try to recapture it. And so you go again and you're like, oh, wait, this is different. And like, and I can even say the first time that I was in Europe and and we stayed at your place, Freddie and I. And, um, and then we came back the second time. I wanted it to feel like the first time. It never does. No. But it was better. But you have other things you get. But it was better. It was better. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. And so I have a feeling probably the Camino is, is similar. Like, oh, yeah. you, you want to capture that feeling that you had the first time and you won't yeah. ever, but you'll have something different and better yeah. and, and learn something new. Yeah. And, um, well, it's like the the second time when I went that I went for the the the, the time that I did the most the the first times say or yeah the second time anyway, I ran into three French gentlemen and one was a retired priest he was ninety one years old wow. and he was traveling with two gentlemen they were helping him out they were in their sixties seventies but the priest had done it eleven times and was going back again. So you have the the people that keep going back for more and just go every other year or they do from a different section or, yeah, it becomes an addiction maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's on my bucket list. I have to, um, yeah, I have to figure out how to, how to do it. I need to get into a little bit of better shape, but I think it would be something really um, yeah really beautiful to do and like it I is. said I, you had mentioned it, it pre, you know the times you've done it previously and I was like what is that you know yeah. and um and then I was just so enthralled with what you were writing about and seeing your pictures I I think I read them every day 
you know, you're yeah. talking about, oh, it, we had a wet day. It was raining, and, you know. And I love the fact that you just, whatever the weather is, you just keep walking. Yeah, you go. You, just, you have a little choice, otherwise you'll never get well, there. You're, well, yeah, if you're on the middle of the road, what are you going to do? You're, yeah. But isn't that, what a, what a great metaphor for life. It's like, we're walking this journey and we don't know what's ahead. No, we don't. Sometimes it shines, sometimes it rains. Mm -hmm. And 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 one of the guys said, you know, sometimes it's really sunny, which is beautiful. But if there's too much sun, then that's not that's not good either, you know. But you just walk the day the best you can. The the good thing is because you're going to the west, the sun is always behind you, so it's never in your face. So it's always shining. uh, So that 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 helps. Yeah, that's I have my hat on, and then you know you've got your neck all creamed in, so you don't get a sunburned neck. So yeah, (laughs) but then it's always behind you. Right. Yeah. Right. That explains the 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 um. I I did a lot of shadow photos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember, yeah. With so you see a really long body with the with the the poles. Right. Because the sun's always behind you. Sorry. Interesting. No, it's all good. I, well, it's, it's nine o'clock. From the talking. Seven, seven, <laughs> oh, it's nearly seven o'clock there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, my clock says seven. Yeah. It's probably yeah. a few more minutes. A few more minutes. Well, thank you so much, Pamela. You're welcome. And, it was and a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for being here with us. And uh, if you want to uh, learn more about me and what I do, I'm a life coach. Um, and you can reach me at manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. Website is manifestingbrilliance.com. I'm all over social media, and I'll just throw this out there. I am almost uh, ready to self-publish a book called A Place in the Choir, and that should be out sometime in the month of June. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Blessings on your day.